Hi, welcome back to PH Expanded. This is Mike McDonald after a wonderful victory against Sevilla. Uh, I know that they were a little less organised as far as the structure of their squad and they've just sold arguably their best player to Barcelona, but 6 0. You know, we could still claim that we thought we were going to beat them, but I don't think anybody thought that would be 6 0. So. Just wanted to start, I always start the sliding doors moment and it's sort of irrelevant when you're not playing so much in the Premier League. But um, at the same time, I wanted to mention that I think that a victory like this just looked like multiple years, training sessions, games, practice, whatever, all of that, of building, um, building to this point. Um, so... If there's any kind of sliding doors moment, it's not a moment, it's just the growth of everything coming together, the coaching, the ideas, the philosophy, uh, the new signings, two summers in a row, picking the right players, at least it seems that way. Um, and so I think that that is clearly pivotal to uh, uh, what happened on the field yesterday. That's how I saw it anyway. Uh, excuse if my dogs start barking in the background, I'm sure a little bit of dog barking isn't going to offend too much, but um, we've got a wild man here tonight. So anyway, I also wanted to mention that um, Max and I have been watching Real Madrid versus Juventus. Uh, it's late night game here in the US. I guess it's out west somewhere being played. Um, and honestly, watching them play, I felt... Like, of course, at this stage of the season, they're uh, not going to be in full rhythm like uh, perhaps we looked. Uh, that's sort of uh, normal to expect that, I suppose. But uh, they looked like they were just relying on individuals, both teams. Uh, and if a certain individuals of high quality, of course, produced, then that team looks like winning the game. I didn't really see what I saw when I've watched Arsenal the last two or three games where it looks so much more organised uh, defensively as a unit and the attacking ideas seem to, again, have an organisation that isn't as quite as rigid as it was last year and fluid enough to where you can score six goals against the Champions League team. And I don't know if I'm dancing around the subject of trying to say that Arsenal are the best team in the world, <laughs> which they aren't. Uh, I, uh, I just cannot help but think that the direction of travel uh, is up. And I think that Arsenal could be the surprise team in the Premier League um, in Europe next year as far as making people stand up and pay attention that we are serious and we're coming for teams and this is for real because you've got a coach who offers stability not going to just up and leave and throw a fit and you've got a group of players that have been very carefully put together with the right age profile and motivation and humility to listen learn and all the things that make Arsenal look like a true team versus what I was seeing on TV, which is some wonderful players. But in sport, doesn't the team always beat that? The positive I wanted to 
talk about uh, was that, well, it's just actually moving on from what I just said, I suppose, but I don't think that the Premier League are ready for us. I was having a conversation with a friend who is a United fan and he can't wrap his head around the fact that Arsenal are in better shape than United. And um, he's really struggling. Of course, part of it is the banter that you have with your friends anyway. But I, you know, in pre-season in particular, I think fans mostly just watch their team. When it comes around, I don't know what you do, but when it comes around to the season, uh, Max and I both sit here on the couch and we... uh, watch as much as we can get away with before it's shut down by my wife or something like that so we're quite aware of what other teams are doing during the season so I think Arsenal can sort of quietly go into the season and of course Crystal Palace and then Leicester and Bournemouth they'll know because they have to know but the fan bases of other teams the general public I'm not sure that they're aware of the progression that Arsenal have made in this short pre-season time and they may look at a player like Zinchenko which they'll see as a squad player at City and yeah so so and Gabriel Jesus is a good uh, striker but City were willing to let him go and they might have heard a couple of headlines but dismissed it because we have played some weaker teams in pre-season and that's fine we've also played some very good teams so I think as strange as it might sound that Arsenal might be the surprise package and we always, you know, think or link that phrase to a team that's perhaps got promoted or a team like Crystal Palace, Newcastle, that could be... There's always one team in the Premier League, isn't there, where they move from, you know, f- flirting with relegation to somehow appearing in the top, you know, six for a third of the season. It always happens. But I'm sticking my neck out and saying that Arsenal are going to surprise a lot of people this year and do better than people think. Even to the point, I'll say this, I wouldn't be entirely surprised at all if Arsenal challenged for the league. I'm not so sure that we're ready to win the league, but I think that we might uh, challenge for it. So anyway, moving on, noises in the background. Here comes my daughter, but all good. Um... So, a few details that I wanted to talk about as far as things that need to happen. I, you're watching those Chelsea and Sevilla games. I'm thinking that, you know, Chelsea, of course, are not at their optimum, neither were Sevilla, but there's going to be games this season. Let's just say, for the sake of argument, there's going to be 10 games this season where um, you have an opponent that's at the top of their game. Either Newcastle, like we saw at the end of the season, um, who were at the top of their game and gave us a really tough game uh, to playing teams like Liverpool and City and such. And so you, you need the X factor in those games. And I think that we're building that. I actually think that Fabio Vieira will be that for Arsenal more than anybody else. But I'll say that later. I... I think I'm, what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is that uh, we need to have some uh, strategies, uh, something cute, something different, unexpected, 
that gives you that edge in a one-goal game where a single moment wins you the game. I was watching the game and noticing that Arsenal were taking quicker free kicks to catch Sevilla unawares, and it was working. Um, I know in my coaching, we practice set plays heavily and we have specific plans and it all involves acting. These are high school boys, but I've taught them to act as if they are uninterested in the moment and then spark to life. For example, on throw-ins in the attacking third or even um, anywhere in the opponent's half, we... uh, I have my striker go stand offside. And the first battle there is to explain to a, a high school kid in America that you can actually be offside from a throw-in because they don't really watch the games, so they don't know the rules. <laughs> as crazy as that sounds, but they don't know those those detailed rules like that. So after you explain that to them and you say, OK, well, just as soon as the ball goes out of bounds, go run offside. And if there's anything that's an American high school soccer teenager can do is hurl a ball of any shape um and so there's all that going on they have the flip throw phenomenon over here where you've got kids there's at least one kid on uh, a team in your league that can do the that flip throw thing which uh, i'm not a huge fan of but they allow it anyway point being we take advantage of that we do quick free kicks we play games we play small-sided games where I'll blow the whistle when it's not even conflict, let alone a foul, and give a team a free kick. Totally undeserved, but we do it constantly. So we're playing a game where there's constant free kicks and I teach them to take advantage of the fact that the other team normally turn around, walk or jog back the other way. They're not looking. And if you were told by your coach that there's going to be seven to ten times in the game where your opponent's going to all be facing the wrong way for the most part and not even paying attention or even running, don't you think you should take advantage of that? Anyway, there are, um, or there is, becoming, I've noticed, as set-play coaches are becoming a trend, throwing coaches, there's a lot of creativity coming into the league and... Arsenal need to be at the head of that because there's no reason why we couldn't be. And I wanted to talk about Fabio Vieira. I said I, I was going to do that. And so uh, this is a neck sticking out moment. I'm not even sure if that's a phrase, if that's proper English, but I don't care. Um, so Fabio Vieira, I've sort of been trying to study him, never seen him play more than one or two full games, but been watching his clips and... I think that he might be, like I said, the X factor for Arsenal. Just that first thought when I watch him play is that he wants to dissect the back four with a through ball. That's his first thought. And I don't think that's Odegaard's first thought. He can do it and he does it. Not his first thought, though, I don't think. Um, But I think that Fabio Vieira is going to do that for us. He's going to stand out. And I think that his performances will promote Arteta to think long and hard and probably put him and Odegaard in the 4-3-3 as the two eights in front of Thomas Partey in games where Arsenal are the better team because that midfield should be fine. 
I also wanted to mention that he will make Odegaard better. You might remember last season when Odegaard did not have a good game and there were, it's like one in every three or four, he was just off. He was like, he was, seemed a little less interested, wasn't as energised, wasn't effective and it, it was because he was being man-marked or very closely watched and that seems to affect him. Now, if they want to do that to him again and you've got Fabio Vieira on the field and you've got Martinelli Saka from last season, but you've got Gabriel Jesus as well, you can't take care of all of those guys with double coverage. Saka is another example. Saka and Odegaard were the two on our team last season that Saka more than Odegaard were, had double, triple, sometimes quadruple team coverage, defensive coverage on them, making it so complicated for them to be the individual they wanted to be. I think that, as we see on the best teams, that is going to change. Because if you have good players everywhere, let's take City, for example, they have good players everywhere, threats coming from everywhere. You can't afford to put more than double coverage occasionally over here because they move the ball too quickly over there. And then you've got, let's take City again, for example, you're putting two on Mares, he moves it quickly to De Bruyne. Well, can you get two over there in time before he releases the ball? Probably not, to Bernardo Silva, and you haven't really helped yourself. So you almost have to trust yourself to one-on-one defend in a, a lot of this because the ball's moving too quickly. And we're seeing that with Arsenal. We're moving the ball quicker. Anyhow, um, I have just one more thing I wanted to share. Um, and that is that I have, or I, I had in the last maybe week to 10 days, the strong feeling that Arsenal are going to whoop some teams this season. I mean, three or four times score five or more goals, not just in Europa League qualifying. I'm talking about in Premier League games here. I wish I'd have put it out there, but that probably sounds like I just want to be one of those Twitter people who refers back to an old tweet that I bookmarked just to bring it up and brag on myself. Uh, Maybe there's a little bit of that. I don't know. I hope not. But I suppose really what I'm trying to say is I can't ignore the evidence of my eyes and the improvement that Arsenal have made and the fact that we look like we've turned from being a non-ruthless team, I'm not even sure if that's a phrase, to a to more of a ruthless team. I, I can't really say we are a ruthless team just because we did it in the last two games. It's not a big enough sample size, but um, I cannot see this team not... Uh, wiping the floor with a, a a group of teams in the Premier League, again, much like City do each season. Not that we're necessarily going to be right up at that level, but I think there's going to be enough games where we click like we did yesterday against Sevilla. Um, and Sevilla, if they played in the Premier League, would be, certainly be a top half of the table team. And, well, I think you get the point. I appreciate you reading my blog. I appreciate you listening. Always. Thanks. Cheers.